Still Kirby. Lovely check. Kirby! episode of Fran Kirby's Fight Club. Welcome to episode six. That is not week six of the WSL as the mistake I made off there and I was told off very, very quickly. But um, here you'll be experiencing your one-stop listen for all things Chelsea FCW and of course Fran Kirby as always. Uh, I'm your host Mariam and as always I'm joined by Andre who at the moment is experiencing the cold. <laughs> yeah, it's a little chilly here. The temperature dropped and I'm not a fan of it. He says 20 degrees and 20 degrees here in London <laughs> is like beach weather or close to beach weather. Um, yeah, okay, so we don't have a lot to, we don't have a game to talk about this week, but we do have a few other things that we want to talk about. And we're going to kick things off straight away by talking about, well, a little, little bit more about Everton. We did talk about them last week, we still got a bit more to say, and we are going to re- revisit our predictions. So, Andre, what did you say? You said, I think, 2 now. Yes, I, I, initially I had a problem where I, <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I wanted to actually say, because I didn't want to copy your prediction. And so I decided to say penalties for some reason, and then I got both. I decided that I'm going to go ahead with my heart uh, and went with 2-0 Chelsea. Uh, and I was apparently, for reasons unknown to me, very specific about my prediction. I said 2-1. <laughs> I said the goal would be scored in the second half. And I said Sam Kerr would score and it would be a Fran Biest, I think. I was very, yeah, I very you're... specific about who I think will score. Just I think cause... you're trying to rack up points on the prediction. Um, I mean, to be fair, if I got close enough to that, I'm pretty sure I should get the point because it's just so it's so complex to come up with a prediction like that. You've just gone straight in with 2-0, but you haven't talked about your scorers, which minute they'll be scoring I mean, in. I didn't realize we were doing that. Are <laughs> <laughs> you springing all these surprise rules? I know. That's why I really want this written down. Me, me um, and whoever asked the question from the users <laughs> last week, we all need this written down because every week I feel like I'm hit with something. Guys, man, I, I have a nine-to-five job. This would require like a three-hour sit-down and complex scientific rules and concepts involved. Think about how I feel. <laughs> okay, so we've got our predictions down and we will revisit them after we've spoken about Everton just to see whether or not we want to change. But we are going to go on to our thoughts on our starting 11 and there are a few things to talk about, aren't there, Andre? Yeah, there are. I think this is going to be a, a, um, a pretty interesting uh, 11 from Chelsea and Emma Hayes. I think it's going to be helped out by assuming everybody coming back from international break healthy and not injured and not fixing anything like that, which I haven't, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen updates on every player who's been out but i've but of the players that uh like loopholes i think it's fine harder's fine um i think Farron kirby and bethany england are all right beth england seems to be recovering pretty well Mid rights all right so i think we're gonna um we're gonna have a, a the strong a strong squad to choose from i think everybody's gonna be fit and so it's gonna be very interesting i i do appreciate that uh in the in the last match against brighton poor Brighton, um or bristol i'm sorry bristol poor bristol <laughs> the nine nil um we have we and when we finally went back to to starting two strikers up top and I think we're going to have to do that I think that's really key to being able to score the goals we want to win matches it's kind of the, the formula she went to uh, Emma Hayes went to in the latter part of the season when Sam Kerr joined in January uh, and it really 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 effective so I think we're going to see that and I think for me the only question the, the, the two questions are who's going to kind of play behind and around them um, is it going to be G or is she going to try harder in that sort of position that's my vote I would prefer <laughs> play harder behind Behind those two, uh, just to really just to see it because it would be great to have all three of them on the pitch at the same time. Uh, put Fran Kirby out wide as well and see how that goes. Um, and also in midfield, she, what is she going to do there? Is she going to stick with Melanie Poles really playing the Sophie Ingle role? Because <laughs> I think she plays it well, some ways better, uh, given her passing range um, and mobility. Uh, or is she going to try and do a Sophie Ingle and 
Melanie Pohl's kind of partnership uh, pivot, uh, so to speak. So um, I'm not sure. What What do you think the lineup might look like? Yeah, I think it, I think I definitely expect to see Harder in there, just because, as we mentioned with with Everton starting eleven and the way they like to play, I think it's going to be harder for for G to really find those gaps and exploit and sort of float in those positions the way she normally does. Um, and as also they press just like any other team, just like we saw against United, they press quite hard and they've got the players for it. So I don't think it would be useful or effective to have G in there. I would play harder next to Kirby and I would have um, Ingles in as well, just because again, uh, the likes of Izzy Christensen and Hayley Racer, they're more than capable of, of getting past the press. And I think this is a side that requires defensive, uh, more defensive still on the team. Um, in terms of the front two, Kerr and Kerr and possibly England, I think, just because it helps to have both of them playing together, they might make Kerr a bit more effective up front. I know we've talked about Kerr um, not being as sort of lucrative as she has been in front of goal. I do think that this might be the game where she could potentially experience and I said myself in my predictions I think she will score because I think when she's playing when she's playing alongside England and um you've got Carter in to be able to push past that press and create chances which I don't think that G would be able to do against a tough press. There's no reason why that she won't get chances. It's all about whether or not she can finish and whether or not she can be clinical enough. We saw her the way she reacted she got that goal against um against Bryce she got the last goal, the ninth goal. Bristol. Yeah. Bristol, keep saying, keep saying Bristol. You know that it means a lot to her, so I think that it's really going to help build her confidence being played in this game, perhaps scoring. Um, I'd also say there's a shout for, like you mentioned, Neem Charles being there as well, because anyone who's watched her play recently for England, wow, she was absolutely outstanding, and I think she warrants playing in that role. And it would be good, it's a good game to sort of experiment whether or not she's capable of playing from the start instead of having Wright or somebody else playing off that um, the midfield wing. You know, one other player who I think we, we need to talk about is Aaron Cuthbert because yeah. I really, I, I it, you know, against Bristol, it was one of those things where, you know, not to, not to give them too much shade as well, as we know, it was, it was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle for them. <laughs> they played well in the first 10 minutes and then it was all Chelsea. Um, but in that match, I think Aaron Cuthbert really showed her versatility. And I think she showed that if you're going to have a kind of a narrow, uh, if you're going to kind of pack midfield and have a more narrow approach, I think that going for um, Cuthbert instead of Wrighton is a really good idea because Wrighton, even though she's really quality, it's almost like she is a winger and she needs space to operate. And when she's dragged and kind of sucked into midfield, she's not as good at coping with that as uh, Aaron Cuthbert. And so I really think hopefully Emma Hayes kind of found out that she can really use Aaron Cuthbert is kind of a wild card midfielder where if we need if we need if the game kind of calls for us to spread the game out and go touchline to touchline we can do that she also has a very natural uh winger capability out there but if the if the game is narrow and be another option in midfield she can really come down and play very well and not not just in terms of setting up passes because she does that as well and linking play she does that as well but she's also quality in manipulating the ball and that allows her to be fouled to kind of slow the game to kind of back the press off a little bit so you know everybody kind of resets and starts play again and I think it was really beneficial and really kind of like backing Bristol in their press off because they kind of started off doing exactly what United did they weren't able to sustain it obviously but another reason why is I think because Aaron Cuthbert was there and she was receiving passes she was getting in the danger area she was making foul her so I, I think that's interesting um, and I would I would like to see that how all the pieces fit together is all is I mean it's going to be the question of the higher seat <laughs> who starts what's the 11 going to look like are we going to play narrow or wide who gets left on the bench those are going to be questions ahead of everything and speaking of Cuthbert well her opposite for Everson is probably Izzy Christensen and anyone who's watched her play for England or even Manchester City and Lyon where she has played will know that 
she's the kind of player who, just like Katla, is able to play across the middle, midfield line, and you won't be able to contain her as easily. You might be able to contain other players, and giving her, like, she's probably the biggest player. If you give her the space and time to push forward, then it, it's more than likely she'll go ahead and score. And more importantly, because she can actually play, like I mentioned, she can play a number of positions. So she can play as a six, an eight, and ten. And what she does alongside alongside Stringer is to really sort of bulk out that midfield, and like I said before, no spaces at all. If you're like G or Kirby, you're going to find it especially hard to push through. So Christensen will bulk up that space and then Hayley Rosso and maybe even Govan if she plays they push up ahead and it's it's so hard to to have those spaces so a player like Cusper she might be able to find those gaps even where there are none she she has that skill set she has the ability and the intelligence more importantly to push forward especially when we're being shut out like like we would have probably seen if she had played against United so the way that Everton are set out the way that the midfield is set out I think having somebody like Cuthbert and even Liam Charles on the other side having both in there it's really going to help us push past that stubborn Everton defence yeah this is one of those matches where I'm excited to see how Chelsea um, figures out how to play through them because I think they have similar capability I don't think they're on the same level but I think they have similar capabilities to play a, a a uh, structured, organized, and um, energetic, very mobile midfield like uh, Manchester United. And that was the club that, you know, that was Chelsea's opener. That was the 1-1. Chelsea didn't look great passing through all that. Uh, So I think it'll be very interesting. And I really hope that now I, I I think Everton has the capability of doing that, but I don't think they will be able to do Chelsea um, because I'm, I'm kind of betting on Emma Hayes figuring it out and I'm betting on um, whoever selects in the 11 being able to figure it out and finding ways to pick through that defense, especially because even though I think they're good, I don't think they're as good as the Manchester United team played. And, um, and it would be very kind of shocking to me if Chelsea were to have some of the same struggle. That it would actually it wouldn't be shocking. It would be annoying. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I will say is that they do have a very strong central defensive pairing, so it's going to be extra hard to for the likes of Kerr, Harder, or England to push through those lines, which I, I mean, that's why it's extra important for, for the likes of Cuthbert and Charles and those who are going to be playing on the midfield wing, because we might actually use those spaces, the spaces where we are most weak, and we might need those spaces to actually push ahead, where it might not be as easy to do so centrally. Yeah, and that's why I really think that you have to start the two strikers. I mean, honestly, Sam Kerr is good enough to start up top on her own, uh, but I think it's just it's just so unfair and it, and it really just taxes a defense when you have a partner up there with her like Beth England because uh, you know we, we've talked about it before is that Beth England can really play anywhere and drop down into, into midfield areas uh, which she did a lot against Bristol as well you know I, th- I think I mentioned last pod that she was in the center circle a couple times uh, to help move the ball um, up the pitch and she can do that while we still have a threat up top we can play and, and get in between uh, the, the center uh, the center backs and all of that so um I think that even though a defensive pairing can be strong, I think Chelsea clearly has the attackers to basically destroy and wreck and stretch and do all those things to a defense that's going to create chances. The question will be scoring the chances. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so you seem, you sound pretty confident about a strong Chelsea performance there. So we are going to come back round circle and look at our initial prediction. Just from the way you're talking, you seem to be sticking with your initial call. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to stick with it. I think, uh, I, I, I think 2-0 uh, I think is a smart one. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea get another goal, but I, I really I really think that a, a multi-goal game from Sam Kerr, since, since we're adding to our prediction these days, <laughs> uh, I, I really think a multi-goal game from Sam Kerr is coming. Uh, I mentioned on one of the pods earlier.
earlier that she does when she scores she scores in bunches and I think she's I know she's annoyed with not scoring as much as she should have scored in the first couple matches but I think if she if we have the same sort of performance that we had we're able to pick through their midfield and create the number of chances that, that, that is typical for this Chelsea team even typical from last season without Pernell Harder and Melanie Lupos um, I think that we will see Sam Kerr get on the score sheet at least a couple times okay well I definitely agree as well in terms of Sam Kerr scoring I just uh, I'm just not as confident as you I just feel that they make it hard and they're going to be hard to break down I know you said you don't you're not you're not quite about them as a team they haven't really faced any big opposition but I still think that it's going to be a tough game and I'm still sticking with two on yeah I mean we, we should mention Everton's start to the season they are two nothing they are up on the table and you kind of look at them they they have no nobody has scored against them and they have scored five goals four of those came against Bristol City which we just beat <laughs> 9-0 one of them came against Spurs which Spurs is not a great team uh they struggled against Spurs I think Spurs even had more shots on target in that match Everton had I think three shots on target uh if the if the stats I'm looking at are correct so they're eight shots overall three on target so I, I know that they have dangerous players um I remember particularly Rosso at, at uh, NWSL playing with Portland Thorns I know she's good I know she has quality uh Govan is a very good player I would be surprised to see her on the bench if they can get her in the match so I'm not saying they're a bad team but if we kind of like if you just like I think the table misleads this early in the season mm. and we know they're not a better club than Chelsea so that should show and speaking of the table in the season so we're going to move on now we're going to kind of focus on our predictions what we think of uh of the team and the players two matches in and not six weeks in just another reminder to myself um and yeah there's, there's been quite a few surprises yeah I think for me you know I, I'll leave I'll leave one of the surprises because I think I know which one you're going to talk about <laughs> um but for me one of the biggest surprises and most pleasant surprises has been the namesake of this pod Fran Kirby yeah has come 100%. in and she just she looks better and I don't even like I was not expecting that I thought it was going to be a while for her to get to match fitness I thought it was going to be a while for her to like kind of find find her game again I mean she really went how many months I think the last the, the last competitive match she played was November in 2019 and she started playing up you know or, uh, at the beginning of the season of course um, she did play in the community shield in August but that's a long time to go and it's not like she was just sitting there she's battling a tough disease a tough virus it was pericarditis which you know it's really a heart problem and it's really nasty if you read a little bit about it it lingers for a while it makes you tired for no reason uh you really can't like train or do anything sometimes she would say she gave interviews like walking up the stairs would exhaust her and she basically couldn't do anything the rest of the day so like she was really struggling with that and the only (laughs) the only way to get around it is just rest like you just have to let it take its course and that's what she says she did and it was really frustrating and even at times she thought about calling Emma Hayes and saying you know what I don't know if I can do this you know and it's just like for her to go from that to where she is right now because it's not just that Fran Kirby back this is a version of Fran Kirby that is like incredibly good <laughs> like she she's at the top level of what Fran oh, Kirby can do honest. yeah she has been so good uh creating chances dribbling around players I saw the stat earlier um uh, I think it was the Barclays FAWSL Twitter account put out and yeah we're only two two uh matches into the season but she's tired for the second most in tackles in in, in the WSL what is I, I know she's doing a lot of work tracking back and helping out um yelled on the right side like I am I have been delighted to see 
how she came back, her form coming back, how she's contributing on both ends of the pitch. She has been really, really good. Yeah, and I think even even more than that is you often see players um, online or social media, they talk about all the work they've been doing off the field, how they've been preparing for the new season, they're ready, all sorts. Um, and you don't really appreciate what that means, but you can tell the effort and the work that Fran Kirby has had to put in behind the scenes in order for her to be at, at this ability, at this level of, of fitness. And she is she has sacrificed a lot in the last few years when it's come to her mental health. She's gone through a lot, um, so many international tournaments and seasons where she's missed games. But it finally feels like after all those road bumps and all those sort of setbacks, she's finally at the best version of herself. We haven't seen this in a while, like you mentioned. This isn't just, you know, normal Fran Kirby. And even normal Fran Kirby is pretty amazing. This is yeah. Fran Kirby back the bang in every sense of the word yeah it's been great to see and i'm so and i'm so happy for her um she's backed straight into the national team like she never left like she she's just picked up like all right i'm disappointed i missed a year but i'm really not gonna dwell on it let's go and it's gone and um speaking of attacking forward so we're now gonna have to move <laughs> on to a surprise that's not as amazing as fran kirby's return Yep, we are talking about Kerr and her curse. Kerr's curse, one of our listeners put it so aptly. Um, yeah, it was surprising because before the season, a lot of us had expectations about Kerr returning back and sort of back and saw her with Beth England, the, the goals that the two put together. And we were all hyping it up. We were saying, oh my God, you know what? This season's going to be amazing. All these attacking players, these new signings. Who can stop Sam Kerr? Well, you know, Sam Kerr can stop Sam Kerr. <laughs> she, just, she just... You know, we saw her in the community shield and she was sort of snatching at chances, rushing things, not firing where she normally would. And we said, OK, you know what? It, you know, it's still the first game. This season. It's all early. We're not sure if the cats were going to have to wait a few games. And we did wait a few games. And it's something that's developed and developed. And kudos to the team because... When Kerr does step up to the normal level she is at, the rest of the players did. I mean, Frank Kirby has continued to provide. Uh, G has continued to provide on certain occasions. The uh, attack Cuthbert to, to England and, and back again. It's just people have stepped up. But I think having to adapt step up to the fact that Sam Kerr would be the one not to hit the target has been something that's that's been quite interesting for us to see, but also quite frustrating for her. Um, you could tell on her face, I think after Community Shield, she kind of looked really bright. And she's just like, you know, you kind of got me out of jail with the goal that she scored. So it has been quite a surprise, but we're still continuing on with the season to see whether or not she might pick up form after the goal she scored against Bristol. Um, <laughs> I had to think of that, Bristol, not Brighton. The goal she scored against Bristol, it, it did give a bit of a confidence boost, so perhaps it might be a turning point, and we hope it's a turning point, but I guess it is one of the surprises that Sam Kerr isn't kind of living up to a usual level of excellence. Yeah, well, I agree. I, I do think that has been a, an interesting surprise uh, to see. We don't, and we don't really, you know, given the form that Sam Kerr has been on for uh, literally years now, <laughs> like years, she, she's been... You know, before she came, she she was the third highest scorer um, or the three-time highest scorer in consecutive years in the NWSL. Like, she scores goals. What she does, mm-hmm. all she, well, she scores goals and she does back. Those are the two things that Sam Kerr does. And she hasn't done really either. We haven't seen backflip yet, and we've only seen a handful of goals uh, across quite a long period of time. So um, she she did mention over the, uh, over, the, um, over the break a little bit that it was interesting to her because she had never really had, like, a full preseason season with the team because normally once the end of USL season is over she goes down to the W League and plays in Australia uh, and so and then once that league is over um, and done she comes back and picks back up with the Red Stars and they start playing matches so she hasn't really had uh, a, a, a real preseason in a few in quite a few years and she said it was great for her it was good getting on the same page with some of the players and you kind of see it you see it a lot you know you see them looking for her and you see 
them her making really smart runs. You see her, um, you know, her role up top pressing and, and trying to win the ball up high. So she's definitely doing all of the other extra work. It's just now time for the goals to come. And like I said, I, I really, I, even though it's been a surprise, I still always want to want to give the caveat that to say like, we may not have seen it yet in the Chelsea shirt, but don't worry, it is coming. When Sam Kerr <laughs> scores, she scores a lot. She will very soon scoring quite a lot. And speaking of upcoming games, well, our next six opponents are now Birmingham, Manchester City, Aston Villa, Everton, uh, Arsenal, and then West Ham. So what can we expect from this team moving forward based on what we've already seen? Yeah, this is very, very fun, actually. I, I think we get into a run of matches now where the, the seed kind of goes sometimes to really match yourself up uh, against some of the, especially against some of your direct rivals, Manchester City, uh, which by then they might have Roosevelt in their squad. Uh, so that might be very interesting and a very painful match for me, particularly. <laughs> Uh, but I am interested to see they they were held they were held by actually Brighton uh, they were held nil nil yeah, uh, in their amazing. last WSL match so um, I got some questions about Gareth Taylor and what he's doing over there uh, Roosevelt will absolutely only help them create chances so I am not expecting that to be something last um, but uh, I think I think it is important in this matchup FA Cup matchup and then against Birmingham to really figure out what Chelsea's you know perfect like attacking structure what it mm. looks like because I think it's going to have to be fluid I think it's going to have to be there's going to have to be an understanding for them to be able to pick apart Manchester City and Arsenal particularly Arsenal the way that they did last season um, and Manchester City you know that 3-3 was crazy I, I know that Emma Hayes does not like those kind of matches <laughs> she would prefer to have a little bit more control and uh, I think I think trying to figure out how to do that is going to be pretty key in these next couple of matches so I'm excited I, I think this is really a run where Chelsea can send that kind of message you know after a little bit of a, a sputtering start with that 1-1 against United I really think that if you go and you take three points from Manchester City and you take three points from Arsenal you're really kind of showing the rest of the, the rest of the league like yeah we, we're we're back we're, it's not just a version from last season we're better uh, we are going to be at the top of the table and um, it's just a matter of time so I'm hoping that the team can come out and show that with their performances and we do have a few other points as well aside from the big thing we've got Everton again so maybe perhaps the FA Cup <laughs> game will help us understand better how to face them hopefully that's with a win um again you said you weren't entirely convinced that the team is a collect and we do have west ham as well i want to see them play somebody <laughs> first and, I, and obviously chelsea's the biggest one of the biggest somebodies in the wsl but i i really have a hard time being like oh we got to watch out for eric bristol and spurs yeah so i really do hope that this, this confidence results in a win because if it doesn't next week or the week after we have to talk about how we you know <laughs> little old everton just not yeah. exactly a problem for I no, I agree with you. I think that these games are really going to be markers of where exactly this team is at, how we are shaping on Emma Hayes, the new look of attack put out with our uh, revamped midfield. But it's time to kind of actually sort of put our foot down because we've had so many different tweaks, formations, not entirely sure how to play certain players. But when you're kind of forced to against teams like Arsenal Man City, it really does kind of give you the, the identity that you end up taking for the rest of the season. So those are going to be really good games to test ourselves and challenge ourselves. And um, yeah, it's good. I will all say... Um, unfortunately, uh, pray for Aston. <laughs> that match is going to be brutal. <laughs> I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll see another nine nil Bristol situation, but we very well could, and and it could be really unfortunate, um, especially if Chelsea hits the stride by then and gets Pernell Harder playing uh, alongside Beth England and Sam Kerr. That Ooh. that trio, I, I really want to see that trio come together. Like that's going to be my thing. They haven't played together yet, uh, but if they get to, and I'm really hoping that Emma Hayes plays them all together, plays them together. 
uh, and they're clicking, uh, it could be really bad. Could be. Well, I'm glad that we've finally got through that because that was such an important section in terms of season predictions. We're going to sort of tie it up by giving a bit of a of a arch state what we think is going to happen. I think the next few weeks, I think we're going to have quite a good run of form. I think um, we are going to grow and develop, become stronger. Like we saw last season, we normally start a bit slow. And we've, got, we've had weaknesses, weaknesses in the fullback areas, we've curb, but I do foresee us kind of developing in those areas and developing on Demi Hayes. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is the time to actually see the squad come together, um, figure mm-hmm. out a, a style of play, figure out the formation. It is still going to be difficult because I still don't think we have played, um, we haven't played the formation or the players that I think are going to play for kind of the rest of the season. I, I still think we'll be somewhat versatile, but, you know, we mentioned earlier, I mean, just, just in between two matches, we saw, you know, one striker up top versus two. We saw a narrower, a, a wide kind of midfield play uh, with, you know, against Manchester United versus something narrow against Bristol. We saw Wrighton play and Cuthbert on the bench, and then we saw Cuthbert play and Wrighton on the bench. So <laughs> we, we've seen a, a pretty big mix-up uh, in the lineup um, in just two matches. So I think there still is quite a bit of work to do to get the pieces together the way we want. Uh, I think Emma Hayes having this time kind of from the international break, even though some key players are away, she still has some players who aren't, you know, like Sam Kerr's not on an international break right now. Uh, so a few other players aren't. So she still has some time to kind of work on some stuff, but it needs to kind of start to come together. And I think that we will see that. So I am expecting the match against Birmingham might be, uh, she might try a couple things, but I really expect uh, for the match against Manchester City for that to really be Chelsea's strongest 11 and uh, a formation that hopefully gets those three um, forward players on the pitch at the same time, Kerr, England, and Harder. Perfect. Well, now we're going to move on to our last section because it was so successful last week and we're bringing back the Q&A session. We need to give you a bit more time this week. I did kind of put it out ahead. I know last week it was like literally 20 minutes before. And we've got... Funny, it was like 10 minutes before. <laughs> I was like, quickly, we're going live in 10 minutes. Can you questions right now? Put down everything you're doing and, and send us a question. Um, and they no. did, so they did. thank you. <laughs> Maybe that works. Maybe when you kind of panic someone, force them like in a sort of panicky situation, they actually give you information. But this time out, I did, I did sort of relinquish and probably posted it about four or five hours ahead and we still got probably the same amount of questions. So what does this tell us? That time is not... Um, People okay. will not be intimidated by you. Is what this tells <laughs> Okay, first question. We've kind of gone over it, but I think we can go a little bit deeper. How would Everton set up against us? You know, they like to succeed at choking up the midfield. Um, do you mind me taking this one? Oh, yeah, you can. I was going to go, but go for it. Oh, you want to? We can do a bit of a switcheroo. Um, so Everton normally play in a 4-2-3-1 sort of formation, which we spoke about before, about midfield being bogged out with Christian and Stringer. The reason why this, this would potentially cause them to to sort of stop our midfield from flowing in the way it has with Leopold and um, and Gene and Kirby is because they actually have players that can play across the midfield from some 6 to 8s and 10s with Christensen or Stringer or even Rose Prey sometimes pushing a little bit back. Um, we won't have the same space to, to perform in the way that our attackers, midfield attackers normally do. Um, and that's why having Harder is particularly important. And you mentioned a few sessions ago about why Gene over Harder is more important when we have teams that are strong and pressing us in midfield. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Everton has shown what they what they do they 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 play a 4-3-1 they pack the field and they and they try to to sneak out from time to time to get some shots on goal so i think we know what they're gonna do uh, against us i think 
us being able to combat that is kind of the big thing. And yeah, I, I'm with you. I really, I love G, um, but I, I think that when a team packs midfield the way that they do, when they try to harass players the way that they, um, I, I think that she won't have the time on the ball to be as effective as could. And I think Harder's a really smart, a really great fit uh, to come in and to be able to do that work because she is really good and skillful and technical on the ball. Uh, she's very quick. Um, she's also a big player. People, people don't really know that, like <laughs> notice uh, her, but she's, she's, she's a, she's a big player. She's hard to get the ball off of. Uh, obviously she's also a top world-class player. Uh, G is up there too, but I, I think if you kind of compare the two of them, uh, I think Harder's a bit better. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely want to see Harder play and see how we pick our way through a congested midfield with Nell Harder, because I really think we work the ball up to her. She gets it to her feet and turns. You got Sam Kerr and Beth England ahead of her. There's really enough with that, with that scenario. And I think we're, we can repeat that time and time again until we have the goals we want to win back. If you could convert one player in the squad to a totally different position, and whoever asked this question, you're just amazing. It's an amazing question. <laughs> who, would it, <laughs> who would it be and why? And obviously, said no. this person said no DM to number eight and no striker, for instance. You're going to go first? Um. Well, no, I'm going to allow myself <laughs> to prepare for your answer because you wouldn't tell me that. You said you were going to spring it upon me. So I need some time to collect my thoughts. Go okay. Ahead. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, the, clearly, I, I appreciated the caveat, you know, no striker to winger, you know, no, no DM to eight. Like, some of those are too too similar. So I've gone for something that's not similar at all. I would like to see Bethany England as a DM. Um, I think Ooh. she is so aggressive. Uh, she, she likes, she's strong. It's one thing that, like, Bethany England is very strong. She moves defenders out of the way. She's really not, it's almost like she does everything, so we don't really highlight, like, one part of her game. But when she starts, she's a strong runner. She is a very difficult player. If you're shoulder to shoulder with her, you're not winning that match <laughs> matchup. And I just think she has so much energy. And we also forget that she's really only 5'5". Five five. She's going <laughs> on a headers for somebody who's 5'5". Five five. So I think she would be able to work well. I think she has the quickness uh, to be able to, to kind of cover that space. I, I think she would basically be like a uh, like an English Julie Ertz. <laughs> I think she would really be so intense in that kind of role if she had like the full-on D skill set because she has the physical capabilities to be such a dominant and imposing player in those spaces it would be really hard to get away from um so that's one i mean like you mentioned not too similar but someone for someone who's five five it would just be absolutely amazing to see in that position i've probably gone for something a little bit stranger and i said millie bright in the sticks because i just think <laughs> millie bright is it first of all she's she's like one of those players you just would not want to cross if she's coming at you and you're running at her then god help and and just sort of also the way she's so calm in defense she's able to play out her dribbling skills are great i think she would almost be like one of those edison slash allison type goalkeepers who do skills in the back and are able to play out and dribble but also very alert and calm and saving stuff i think she would just be absolutely perfect for it it just seems like a perfect fit like if i didn't tell you that where she played and you saw her like in the goalkeeping kit you would think that she's a goalkeeper she definitely has a size for it <laughs> so that that would be interesting i don't know how well she can get down and like you know with like <laughs> lateral movement and be able to get down to block a ball and get back up but uh she definitely would be an imposing feat so I'll she would just scare different like the players they wouldn't even come close 
There you go. The question number three is on Govan. She's only played 35 minutes for Everton so far. Have they been saving her for Chelsea or is she really not a concern? <laughs> it's an interesting question. I think the answer is neither. I think that they have not been saving her for Chelsea. That would be silly. They have played Bristol and Spurs. If you want her to play and score goals and get in the team, uh, you might as well go ahead and play her against Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that she will be a concern when she plays. Um, I, I think that, you know, coming coming from a different league, you know, getting into and into, you know, getting comfortable at Everton, getting comfortable with the way they play. Like we mentioned before, they they do have a structured, well-organized midfield. And as an attacker, you do need to know how to work with that so that when the ball gets to specific areas, you know that they have a way to to, to roll it to you to create a chance or to at least get the ball to stay the final third. So I think she does have a little bit of adjusting to do, but um, I think it's coming. Two games into the season, I don't think it's a problem that she's only played 35 minutes. She's a really exciting player. I expect she will be starting the majority of their matches if not from here forward i think by the time the end of the season comes we will see her with a substantial amount of starts and goals to be yeah definitely agreed i mean even though she hasn't played that much i think it's more so that she's kind of integrating into the team rather than her not being um dangerous enough threatening she clearly can score she scored 14 goals 16 games last season before the league was made non uh non void so it's it's clear that she's got the skills and even internationally well we obviously know the skills she possesses it would just be another case of how she adapts team and like you mentioned she probably will get more starts going forward so it shouldn't be a concern at all just throw out there and say that 14 goals in 16 games is is exactly what bethany england did so she, she, so carbon was on a serious tear and i like i said she's really good uh i don't we'll have to see more of her to see how good she can be in the wsl but um she's got quite a bit of quality a definite nose goal no doubt in that you know question number where are we can't even count four <laughs> Is this question number four? I'm saying that like we've got like uh, yeah, questions to go through. There's two <laughs> more know, after right? this. <laughs> Would a 4-4-2 with Kirby and Hard as a strike partnership work? Would it work? It depends on who your opponent is. If it's Bristol or Aston Villa, I'm sure why not? But I I don't think that it's one of those things that uh I, I think that you want more natural strikers in, in a two. I think you do also want uh, Kirby's ability to create from wide. So I think it would be a little bit of a waste. I do know that she did swap uh, in the last match. It was interesting. She did come more central sometimes uh, and kind of let Beth England go out wide or sometimes let Sam Kerr go out wide. So she can come in uh, and kind of play in that area. But I don't think that's where you want to start. So even though I think that Chelsea is talented enough uh, and around her to make that pairing work i don't think it's the best use of her skills so i i will say yes but caveat we should never find it no i would i would agree because obviously individually as players they're both capable of doing that they both got the skills but it wouldn't um they wouldn't be as effective as if we as if they wouldn't be as effective if they were playing in positions that actually suited them and that's exactly what we want to kind of get the most out of question number five how do you think emma hayes can keep so many players happy despite not getting love game time i think we answered this last week but um (laughs) I guess we can go over it again briefly. I mean, it is the question of the season, isn't it? Like, Chelsea signed a ton of attacking talent. And, you know, they signed some midfielders too, but with attacking talent, it's really hard. Like, Sophie Engel hasn't played since the Manchester United match. So, you know, it's going to be interesting uh, to try to keep everybody happy. Uh, And so, but, but I think that that is... That's always going to be the question. Luckily, we are coming up on a run of of, of games to where she should be able to, Emma Hayes should be able to do quite a bit of juggling.
struggling to keep everybody happy because we also haven't seen Raiten for since United or did she get on as a sub? I think she may have came, came um, on maybe potentially. But um, but yeah, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see how she does it. Uh, I do think she's going to have to basically have a strongest eleven, and then wherever that formation is, he's going to have to kind of plug and play like similar players within it and see how they perform with a s- set like task of roles and responsibility. Um, like I mentioned before with Aaron Cuthbert, you can't just play as the winger and expect to get into the squad in any sort of you know like real uh, with any sort of like real guarantee on game time i really think that like aaron cuthbert's versatility was really important and something that emma hayes really wanted to see because she now knows that if she starts out in a particular formation or playing a particular way she can change it on the fly because aaron cuthbert's not going to be uncomfortable in a different kind of role so i think finding out those things and trying to develop players who aren't quite at that level who aren't quite that versatile is going to be important because we're not always going to be able to play that kind of standard formation i think we are going to have to adjust a little bit because our our team is lopsided there's really no no question about that like we have a we have a strong defense uh with a central defense and we have a really 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 strong attack and then we have the middle of the pitch where we try to kind of patch it together and make it uh melanie loopholes really helps that how much she can play with sophie engel really depends on which how many attackers you want to leave on the bench so we're always going to be doing that juggling game and i think it's going to basically be the question in september october november december <laughs> until the end of the season <laughs> so we'll see i think having that level of depth is something that has always wanted it's it's always important to understand that with the Champions League coming up and the, I mean last week last season we didn't have the Champions League to worry about we do this season so a lot of these players know that they're going to be used for rotation but also it tells us a lot about players like that what they're able to do what they're capable of doing and I think Emma Hayes is just kind of working out exactly sort of the sort of playing out feelers almost if you were understanding where players can play what they're able to do um you know what formation suits them most and having so many players and like you mentioned so many attacking players on hand means that's really hard to do hard to find something that works for everyone fits for everyone but then when we kind of tweak and experiment then we find out and there will be plenty of competitions coming up ahead where we can build these players in different ways we won't we won't always have the strongest starting 11 out but if mna knows in that mind what exactly that strongest starting 11 is then everything will also kind of be very easy to deal with and as you said probably we'll keep getting asked this question but you know it's it's exactly where we wanted to be we've got a very big squad and we've got the competitions to to manufacture it in well that you know that's one of the funny things to me is that i know emma hayes wanted depth in her squad and and it's it sounds great like you have a really strong squad to be able to have you know you got a great starting 11 you have players on the bench come in provide something different but you know when you get players like neve charles who's who has been great when she's gotten on the pitch and she was really good in england's training mm-hmm. camp as well yeah. like she she was she played she she stood out uh, quite a bit i know fran kirby got got um player of the of the match in their little inter-squad scrimmage but <laughs> i think a lot of people on my timeline uh who i respect their opinions were saying like neve charles was really really impressive in the match um and i think you know you you put obviously you pull in uh Pernell harder and then you bring in sam kerr like those aren't depth players right those are yeah. players who need to be That's in the 11 so yeah so it's gonna be interesting because you do have a lot of a lot of talent on the squad and if you want to label some of them depth I, I like I think I said it on a pod before I think that's the wrong way to look at look at it for the players that you brought in you really have to kind of figure out the players that were there who among them kind of might need to take a step back in the role just to make way for the kind of talent that we have and luckily Sophie Engel was really our our primary midfielder um and we'll just see how if Melanie Lepose just completely takes her role or if they're able to you know get in a formation where they can have both of them on the pitch I'm not sure but it's gonna be tough and the final question and this is 
the million dollar question really if everyone is fit who starts up front and who has to make do with the bench <laughs> i believe i already answered answered this one for me it's sam kerr beth england partnership harder behind them so anybody who's not those three can sit on them <laughs> wow that's very tough but no i think i would i think it's the best formation if, we, if we're trying to look for different ways of scoring and having the channels through to scoring and not having kerr and england push back to create their opportunities it's the way to go and 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 kirby also along with the mix like you mentioned those four players if they're all singing from the same hymn sheet then i'm sure m hayes will be happy and the results will be forthcoming yeah i think so i, I really i really want to see I, I know online i've i've kind of see, joked around and i've said that like a four two 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 is what i really want to see um i was primarily excited about that because of the way that we pressed manchester city in the community shield i think if like a real a well-structured press with like um different pressing triggers and then a counter press like we saw some really good work to frustrate city in that community shield and i think if that's going to be kind of the new way that we play um i would love to see it in a 4-2-2-2 the problem is it's going to be difficult to fit like a, a player like Wrighton in there because she doesn't really have a natural role in that unless those those middle two players can basically play like wingers and it's going to be kind of difficult to get you know obviously fran kirby has to play harder has to play well then where does cuthbert go in that right so i think that that formation itself even though I'm not sure if the pressing thing, given given how we played against Bristol, um, obviously we were really ever going to have to press Bristol. It would be hard. <laughs> I think their job was going to be trying to frustrate us mm. uh, while giving us possession. But, you know, I still think that on in, in certain, against certain teams, we are going to have to have a formation where we can have a really organized press. I think we have the athletes for it. Um, we also have the skill for it. When we turn the ball up over, uh, over in, in, in the opponent's half we can put it in the net within a second and i think it's going to be really important to do that and i really hope that that's still part of the game plan at least for big matches like manchester city and arsenal yeah i mean we can only hope and hopefully this is some of the stuff we see next week when we play everton and hopefully we can return with a podcast from about a whole host of goals maybe not nine but as close to nine as we can possibly get um and i think that's pretty much it for this week so as always thank you for listening and thank you for sending in all your questions um be sure to rate and review the podcast we've got it on five different platforms now you know google spotify apple soundcloud um and stitcher is that the fifth that's it and um, we would really appreciate it really um on just getting you guys to review that and we're also very happy to say that all your reviews and and listens got us to our second highest um number of views on a pod after our first ever so we're really really proud of that and we're really happy that you guys are continuing to contribute and you know we'll see you again next week for hopefully more goals (laughs) 